Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. And today's episode, we've got our first sponsor lock. Ooh, who is it? Tell me. Oh, I don't know if I can tell you. It's pretty good. It's big? Is it big? Who is it? It's a pretty big name. Big name, big name. Think big name. Um, is it us? It is. This, this episode is brought to you by Lock's Guide to LinkedIn, our first free digital download. Grab it now and out from the link in our bio. Oh, spoken like a true chatbot. That was, that was <laughs> nice. That was nice. But yeah, it is free and it, I think it's jam-packed with tips. Um, well, yeah, I think, yeah, it is good, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Well, you'd hope so. You named it after yourself. Yeah, it's like a cartoon. It's a bit different. Um, I don't know. I'm proud. Me too. It's good. And who have we got today? What's um, today's episode? Today's a big episode. We've got the fabulous Hayley Worley. Uh, she's the co-founder of the Sheik Society. Um, she is unreal. Her business, her ideas, her. It's, it's an amazing episode. Digital Marketing 101. If you're, in the, if you're in the e-com space or you want to sell digital products, this, uh, this episode is for you. Yeah, agree. It's a banger. Listen up. I don't know if I think I'd ever really like look at Instagram and be like, I'm obsessed with sheets now. Yeah, it's crazy. You got, It's like sheet porn. It is sheet porn. Bed porn. <laughs> Bed porn. Bed porn. It you is. know what I think it is? Everyone in the back of their mind is always like, I should really be a better adult and change my sheets. Like, when was the last time I've done that? And then when, when our ads pop up, it's like, oh, nah, I do need to do that. And, and these are good sheets. So it, it's just such a good, like, disruption point. Like, you don't really use Instagram to talk about your sheets and, and being an adult. So I think that's why it's really worked for us. It's pretty cool because we're looking at the um, – we're watching your About You video and – and one of the cool things that stood out to me was just how much you've just nailed the design. How important was design for what you guys are doing? Oh, so important. And I mean, that's my bread and butter. So I kind of just did it and didn't really think about how important it would be to the end user. Um, and I think just like any opportunity you have to make someone's day just like a tiny bit better, they just appreciate it so much. Like our quilt cover has an invisible zip along the bottom edge and it opens the whole way. So like that is the worst job in the world, changing your Worst job. Right? I hate yeah. it. <laughs> and so if you can make that just a tiny bit better, it just, people love it. So yeah, it, design was just everything. And it's so good because... For me, it was second nature, but then hearing people talk about it and become so passionate about a quilt cover and, you know, become passionate about changing a fitted sheet and this elastic that we've got on the bottom. It's just, it's so heartwarming. Yeah, it must be pretty cool. Because how did you come up with, um, obviously, these design features that you're talking about? Did you guys do some research first to understand what, like, what were the pain points of people? Or did you know from your own experience trying to change beds and going, I'm I'm sick of it's hard. I'm sick of doing buttons. I'm sick of a fitted sheet that doesn't fit. Yeah, I mean, like I've had a lifetime of research, right? You've been sleeping in a bed your whole life, so um, yeah, it was just about making the product the best it could be, and I think it came out of my brain quite easily because, you know, coming from the fashion world, there are so many things that you can change about garments. Like you can put invisible zippers in and like different snap fastenings and things like that. So my, my head was kind of already in that space, but no one had really thought about those things in the bedroom. So yeah, for me, it was second nature. It was a bit difficult trying to get my supplies on board. I remember when I um, went out to China and I sourced this awesome, um, like the, the elastic we use in our fitted sheet, it's like an underwear elastic, you know, like right at the top of your undies. It's like really thick. And I got it from this market and I was like, this is it. It's like, we've got this ribbed texture and I took it all the way up to my supplier and I was like, guys, this is what we're doing, putting this on a fitted sheet. And the blank looks I got from them, they were just like, who is this girl? <laughs> um, why does she want to use underwear elastic? And they just point blank said, no, like, this is crazy. Like, we're not making underwear, we're making bed sheets. Like, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. And it took me about three weeks, I think, to convince them to just go ahead, like, call this underwear elastic supplier, get it in. And I had to send them videos of, like, how I wanted them to sew it. And then it's so funny because I talked to my supplier now and he's like, yeah, you know, the elastic that we designed. <laughs> that we designed. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. It's from my brain. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's 
been a struggle, but just to hear our customers so passionately talking about these features and, and how much better it made their day, it's just so heartwarming. If we've done our research right, you've had 10 plus years of offshore manufacturing experience. So does that come into play when you're, when you're doing these sort of customised sort of features or, or adding these different things? Is that, is that, did that help? Yeah, look, it did and it didn't. Like, I've been back, going back and forth to China for about um, 10 years now um, and always for kind of clothing and production design. Um, and I guess there's a special, special region that does that, right? So they make dresses and, and, and jackets and things like that. So I kind of went there and that was my starting point because that was what I knew. But then trying to get them to make bed sheets, they were like, oh, no, this is not, <laughs> not what we yeah. do. So I kind of was a bit arrogant my first trip, really, because I was like, this is my bread and butter. Like, I know what I'm doing. And I just, I couldn't figure it out. Like, I, I was in the wrong place. I didn't know what I was doing. I was out of, out of my depth. And then, um, yeah, I just reached out to an agent over there. Um, and he said to me, you're in the wrong region. So I got on a plane and flew, I think, six hours north. And I ended up in this town. And it's like bedsheet town. Like, you, you go to, to the main street and everyone is making bedsheets. And it just clicked. And I was like, right, okay. This <laughs> um, is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, this is, this is my people now. <laughs> We've heard that, haven't we? That in China, there's different regions for all these different things. Like, they're known for, for that thing. Yeah, it's wild. I've been in the car before and driven past like huge towns and I'd be like, oh, you know, to the driver, like, oh, what's this town? And they're like, oh, they just make socks. That's all they do. Yeah, <laughs> just make socks. Hey, we're a sock town. We yeah. make the best socks. <laughs> how, how has um, COVID impacted your supply chain? If, you, if you're in manufacturers over in China, suppliers over in China, have you felt the impacts or the brunt of it yet? Look, we kind of approached it when COVID first kicked off in China. We were, we were nervous that that whole operation would get shut down. Um, and so we placed a huge order with our suppliers over there because we were really worried that it would interrupt supplies. So we basically took any spare cash we had and ordered like a huge amount of products. And we were like, cool, we'll just safeguard ourselves because who knows what will happen over there. And like little did we know, I mean, it sounds obvious now, it's come through here and affected us in the same way, if not worse. Um, so we were lucky that we had a, a kind of a bit of a stock reserve by the time lockdowns hit. But um, yeah, we're just lucky in our product category that it's been so good for us. Like people are staying home, they're redoing their houses. So we saw a huge spike in sales as soon as lockdown started. And um, it's kind of trickled on. And then even Melbourne, we're locked down um, at the moment. So a couple of days before lockdown, like sales just bumped again because people were kind of getting ready to stay home and, um, you know, stay indoors. So, I mean, I'm so fortunate. And it's, it's honestly just luck of the draw that we're not in hospitality or any of those harder hit industries. And I feel bad kind of, I'm not taking advantage of it, but we're just in the right place at the right time. So yeah, COVID's been great for business. <laughs> It's one of those things that how many people have I been on a Zoom call with who are working from their bed yeah, and they want some nice comfy yeah. sheets. That's what comes, that's 100%. must be what's going on. Yeah, we're calling it the soft office. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> how has it been with um, the rest? Of, like, is it just you and your partner? How, how many people work at the Sheet Society? Um, we've got 14 now. 14. Yeah, so, and um, you started it with your, with your bloke? Um, yeah, well, it was kind of just me. I, stupidly, I was kind of like, you know, we want to have a family. I want to have a kid. And, you know, I just want the freedom of being able to like go into work whenever I want. And so decided to start the business thinking it would give me more flexibility. And then, you know, <laughs> for three years, <laughs> I've got so much more responsibility. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, this time last year, it was just, um, I was on maternity leave and it was just my husband, um, Another girl who's our graphic designer, content girl, and then a girl packing orders in the warehouse. And, and since then, you know, we're up to 14 now and we've got um, really good plans to keep growing. So I guess in our business, we've kind of um, hired from below. So kind of like got people in to just help with the work. Um, but recently we've kind of switched and we've hired kind of top down. So we've brought in a head of marketing. Um, Kate, she's come over from Frank Green. Um, we're getting a head of operations. Um, so we're kind of hiring at that senior level, hoping that they can kind of grow our teams below. So yeah, we're on a really aggressive growth path now. How exciting. That's sick. You must be a bit pumped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See your baby start really blooming and, and, and scaling up. Yeah, it's just surreal. Like, I mean, we never started this business because, um, you know, we wanted to be a CEO or anything like that. 
I just love working and I love achieving things and it's just been such a cool ride. That's so sick. That's so sick. So I suppose um, your latest adoption, the tech adoption, what got you into that? Is it something that you've been researching for a while or? We just want to make shopping for sheets better across the board, right? And so we've done it in the product space. And I think, you know, Shopify is great because you can just grab a website, you know, do it all yourself and, and it kind of, you know, runs itself essentially the store. But we didn't want to kind of hang our hat on that. Like we didn't want to just be, you know, another website. So, I mean, we're happy to invest the cash in really building it out properly. So at the moment we've launched um, a bed builder. So it's pretty much like a 3D yeah, we, had we, had we had the laptop on the bed. We we're trying to like, does it work like this? Yeah, because the idea is to mix and match. Like, we want you to dress your bed like you dress yourself, and and your linen cupboard is an extent as um, extension of your wardrobe. So you know, we don't sell anything sets. You know, we've got new colors coming out every season. So um, a lot of our customers kind of get really like overwhelmed you know got so many colors like how do i make sure it looks good um yeah so we built the bed builder so you're able to kind of add in different euros you're able to change the color of any of the sheets all our stripes are in there too so you can kind of have a bit of a play and i think brands like shoes of prey um and they've kind of paved the way for those configurators um but yeah next week we're launching that in augmented reality so you'll be able to um build your bed on the bed builder and then click view in AR and kind of like the iconic visualize, you'll be able to scan your bed and then your sheets will kind of pop up on your bed so you can see what it'll look like with your walls and you know, if you've got bedside tables or artwork and yeah, it's so cool. You kind of hold your phone up and you can go right up to it, look at the textures in the fabric. So yeah, it's it's just been wild. Like I, I kind of just put it out there to my network and I was like, hey guys, I, I've got this idea. Like the iconic are doing it, surely we can do it. hundred percent. And then um, I just got introduced to this guy um, through a friend and, and I was like, is this something you can do? And he's like, yeah, that's my jam. I'm like, okay, like, can you just do it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Here you go, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had a meeting and I was like, make it happen. Like, what, <laughs> what do I ask you? I don't know about augmented reality. Like, and I, in the meeting, I was like, what do people in my position usually ask of you to do? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's super strange. Isn't it? That's it's so different. You can't get better than that, can you? Like customer really, experience customer wise. experience. No one's out. You know what I mean? Like you can do it from your bloody bedroom. I can, I can walk in, pick my sheets and see what they look like. Hey, it's, da it's dangerous for us because our, our girls will be all over it, won't they? Oh, see this, see that, see oh, this. This looks We're, good in my yeah. room. This looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it does, Em. Yeah, sure it does. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's Even incredible. talking about the customer experience, this one, the AR, the augmented reality in the bed builder, was that, um, how do you think that impacts, so do you get a lot of comments back from people who buy your sheets saying, hey, we use this and this has really helped us decide what we wanted in our rooms. Like, how do you test the success of things like the bed builder and, and the AR things? Like, how do you measure whether they, people like it? question i mean they're both quite new technologies on our site so it's kind of been like a bonus for us for now um i wouldn't say it's been massive in terms of conversion rate or um bringing in additional revenue but what it does do is kind of like positions ourselves as as leaders in our industry um and it kind of just levels us up really so i mean it's more yeah more just to show that like we're here and and we're doing we're on top we're on top we're, we're on top we can do. yeah, yeah like that. base camps on the top base, camps, base on the top. camps on the top <laughs> you guys have thought of everything like yeah. even you pre-wash the sheets so i yeah. opened them up and that was my pre-wash sheets? Pre sheets i don't have to wash them myself i can just put them straight on yeah how annoying is that like what what is on those sheets that from other companies <laughs> that you can't touch them before you've that is weird isn't it well what i didn't know, i didn't know that you had to wash them <laughs> hey <laughs> i found I, I found out like em was like when i was we got sheets um like oh, yeah, back 12 months ago and i was like trying to put them on the bed and she's like what are you doing and i was like yeah. you suck she's like you suck you're pretty much yeah, yeah like you suck you gotta wash <laughs> sheets before you put them on the bed <laughs> So all you want to do is get in bed. Hundred percent. You did such a you, lock. Um, we read through your Shopify presentation that you did around uh, did pretty much digital marketing one hundred and one. Yeah. That must have been a pretty cool experience. You want to run us through what that was for? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I spoke at a Shopify meetup up in Brizzy, I think this time last year. 
Um, and I think I have quite a unique view on digital marketing because I didn't even know what it was when we launched the business. Like I'm obviously from a product background. And so from concept to, I guess, getting the product in Australia ready to launch the brand, that was my jam. So as soon as I got the product here and I, I built my website, I was like, guys, like ready to go shop online. And my, none of my friends could find the website. You know, I was on page 47 for the Sheet Society just because I didn't submit a site map to Google. So all of these things, like I just had no idea and I was kind of like blogging it on Instagram organically and I was trying to, you know, get influences and and I was just like hitting these walls and I just, I, I couldn't do it. And it, it just dawned on me, like, I've really got to know this digital marketing thing because that is the key to my success. And um, I kind of threw out all the other strategies and really focused on um, Facebook Business Manager. And I took a few um, online courses, which was so great, um, just to kind of learn a bit about, you know, targeting and setting up campaigns and audiences and funnels and things like that. And I think it was kind of do or die for me at that point. Like if I couldn't sell this product that I spent my life savings on, I was in trouble. <laughs> so I, my understanding of digital marketing has come from this like, okay, really, I need to get my shit together. Um, and yeah, so I guess just learning that and, and having a good grasp on, you know, what metrics were important to me um, and, and what I needed to do in that space to kind of get new customers and, and get repeat customers and, um, you know, start using audiences and lookalikes and things like that. Um, it kind of, yeah, became a bit addictive <laughs> um, learning that digital marketing space. And um, I guess the one of the key takeaways from my um, presentation that people really loved was just the way that I looked at um, my marketing spend because um, I was meeting with all these finance guys and I was saying okay cool this is this is what my product costs to get into Australia so this is what my retail cost is and this is my margin and then what but what's my marketing budget like how much do I spend on marketing um, and it was kind of like if you look at a P&L marketing's like a cost below like it's kind of included in your rent and all of that stuff and I just I just couldn't work it out because I'm like okay but if my marketing's working I want to spend more money on it and so I kind of flipped the whole way of thinking. So my cost per conversion kind of it was an average cost and that came into my first margin. So it was like, how much the product cost me? How much it cost me to sell it? And then what was my margin on that? And, and as long as I was kind of tracking that, um, I was able to kind of, you know, on, in real time, see if it was working. Because that's the best thing about digital marketing. You can have a daily budget. And then at the end of the day, you can say, okay, I spent $200 on Facebook ads today. How much money did it bring me in? Okay, cool. Was that a win or was that a loss? Or what can I change about this tomorrow? And then kind of going to it, you know, each day. So it came from a really raw space. But I think like the fundamentals that I learned was just so important. We spoke to um, one of our early episodes. We spoke to the dude who was the first dude ever to run Angus. Angus. Big bad Angus Lovett. Yeah. yeah, big bad Angus Lovett. He was yeah. the first dude ever to run Facebook ads. Wow. In the beta version? Was a beta version? Yeah, he had to log he in had by some the exclusive API. access. Yeah, was there was a, something going on there. Yeah. Special, special yeah. view, whatever. Yeah. But it's so funny because his approach and he was, he worked at Candy Crush. That was their, the bread that they, that they, um, that he helped run the ads for. But his approach was pretty much exactly the same as what you, that you're talking about. Double so double down, double down. Double down. Once you know what you need to spend in order to make the sale, mm. yeah. it's exactly like that. Why should marketing be a, an ad spend in the expenses column that is a thought, a, an afterthought when it should really be um, upfront? What do we need to do here to get the, get the product out the door and bring the money in the door? Take a loan out, pump it. Yeah, and it's an always like we're a digital business, so that is always a cost that we are going to have to pay for, and we're happy to pay for that. Like, um, you know, you can spend years and years building an organic audience that can convert for you, or you can actually hone in and, and, and realize that you've got to spend on that and then use that to your advantage, you know, pick out different audience types. And I think the best thing about um, Facebook ads in the beginning was I can kind of, because I've got a product that can sell to everyone. I mean, that's also a blessing, but it's also a curse. Like you want to mean something to someone rather than be lukewarm to everyone. But I was able to like target like, Guys like you, for example, I'd send you a picture of a messy bed and I'd say, up your bedroom game. And, it, you know, different messaging for different people. And I think that was what really kind of helped us get our traction early on. Is it the copy that's important? The copy connected to the image, the, the emotional response that you're trying to portray? 
It is, but it's, it's everything. It's the, the copy, it's the targeting, it's, you know, the messaging, it's the product. It's like everything all in one. How does that, how does that all align? Like how long does that take normally? Is that a process for you or is it just like, you must have a fair few yeah. ads going at once, you know, like, how many audiences do you look at? Like you say, you are so broad yeah. to get it all working. I guess to oil the machine and you have it ears, pumping. You know, yeah. had it, like you must have a fair few. No wonder you've hired a marketing manager. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, we've been lucky. We've been able to define our audience as like, I would say like 25 to 30 year olds. And if we kind of talk to them, like the younger demographic, like the 18 to 25 year olds, they want to be that person. But then, you know, the 35 year olds to the 40 year olds, they kind of think they are still that person. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of focus on that one audience in the middle. We're kind of catching the others on the other side of the net too. The, the oldies want to be cool and the young people want to know what's coming up. Totally, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is smart, isn't it? Is it? Smart. It's I simple like it. when you think about it, when you say it out loud, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Do you mind touching on a couple of the metrics for people out there who might be listening around who want to get started in the digital marketing um, world or sell a product online? What are some of the key metrics that, that you use for a business that are really important? If, I was to, if you were to give some advice to someone say, hey, look at these, look at these few metrics. Yeah, um, I think one that's helped us scale is repeat customer rate. And I think if we're kind of, if we talked about, you know, factoring in our, um, I guess, cost per acquisition to our margin, if we say that that's for you getting you in on board the first time, if you purchase again, then we'd have to pay that cost per conversion. Um, and then if you tell your friends, then we also don't have to pay that. So our margin's improving for every kind of free conversion that we get. So that's been a key growth metric for scaling. Um, but otherwise, I think it's, I mean, there's, you can drown in metrics. Mm. It, it's a bit daunting logging in and looking at them all. But if we kind of just keep in mind the conversion rate and then your average spend, um, I think they're just the big ones that we look into. I mean, time on site and things like that, you can just drown. So I think it's important to know what metric you want to improve on and, and what impact that will make to your business and then cut out the noise of all the other ones. I think it's finding the metrics that work for you and the metrics oh, that matter yeah. for your, for your business. But the, the one you're talking about there, like brand retention and brand loyalty, like what do you, it's, it's so big, yeah, right? And I, I know it's a nice, easy one we could talk about, but what, what are some of the things that you guys do to really solidify that brand loyalty and get them coming back for more and more sheets? Yeah, we write handwritten notes with every single one of our order. Love that. <laughs> we love. Do you? You're, you're in your sheets tucked in, writing little notes. Yeah, I did it for two years, so I don't know why my handwriting hasn't improved. But yeah, at the moment, like we've got a girl who just sits there and, and says meaningful things too. Like, hey, hey, Sally, thanks for your second order. I hope these blush sheets go really well with the terracotta ones that you've already got. And so, like, when you open up the box, like it's taken us you know, an extra couple of minutes on that order and then, you know, we've had to write it out. So, yeah, that's a business cost. But, I mean, the way that customer feels when you've opened that box and it's like, hey, they know I've purchased before, they know what I've got already and, like, and they're, you know, saying sweet dreams. Like, it's it, that is just a game changer. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll never not do that as much as, you know, we've had advice to be like, oh, you guys are stupid, you're wasting all this time. Like, it just makes such a difference. So, just those little moments that will really delight customers. And I think, you know, a lot of our reviews um, that we get online hint on different things that mean, um, like that are meaningful moments to different customers. And, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I, I convinced my husband to get these sheets, but now he won't stop talking about them. <laughs> oh. That's what you want, isn't it? That's, That's so want. smart. It's so smart. We talk about that all the time. It's the little things that matter, like the, the little things that you can improve and, and make people's day. Why not? They're yeah. so important. Well, yeah. that's the big thing in design too. Yeah. That, those moments of delight. So in the full customer journey or customer experience journey from uh, when their interactions or their touch points with your business, if the first thing they get is this beautifully wrapped thing and they get this nice handwritten letter telling them they that they're me. special. They, they love go, me. How nice am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah, good's my life? It's so important for e-commerce brands to be having that like sense of, you know, human behind it as well like it's so easy for you know e-commerce can to do drop shipping or to you know yeah. use a third-party logistics that kind of just ship it out in you know whatever box um whatever time frame but i mean we haven't had to you know 
greet that customer one-on-one like it's a completely different experience to having like a physical retail store and there's the savings that we've made on our end for not having to kind of staff that purchase the whole way through and um you know be there waiting for them for when they check out so yeah we're happy to invest in those at the moment I think that's one of those things you guys are clearly on the opposite end of the spectrum from someone who might drop ship, but because you can have that completely, you can remove the human element from, from some products or some websites who run an e-com store. Like there's almost no human element about it. it's like straight up we're a robot. We'll fulfill your order. <laughs> we'll come through and there it is. No love. Yeah. But you guys completely the other end of the spectrum where made with love, shown with love. Yeah. That's- I think that's the difference of selling things to selling a brand. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Agree. I like that. Very cool. Well, how, how, how do you think that you experience in, in fashion? I, I like the, the cool t- talking about brand. Like you guys are a bit different. Very like, different. Very different. Like sheets is an ex- extension of your wardrobe. Like I wouldn't think of that. But now I do. Now I do. You've, you've made me think of something that I never would have thought I want about. Some like camo that. sheets. Now, yeah. Well, now we're talking and we're like, oh, we want this, we want that. And now it's like, well, hang on, you've de- it's definitely worked. Isn't it? We're in the cult. We're in the sheet society cult. Not you. You're in the funnel. We're in the funnel. I'm in the funnel. That's gross. Yeah. No, it's true. It's just who did we talk to? You, you tell them what they want. Was it Jackie Frank? Jackie Frank. Yeah, I think so. Sometimes, like you can, yeah. Sometimes you just got to tell them and show them what they want. Like yeah. people can, people need to see something different. Like if you've got some, something cool or something a bit different that you have to show them what it is before they'll latch on and like the idea. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you think that, did people resonate straight away with your brand or is it, did it take some time to like? No, I think they did. I think our market hadn't really been marketed to in, in the way that we have been. Like if you think about where our customers bought sheets before they shopped with us, you know, they're either buying cheapies from Kmart or they're getting one to their mum or they're walking into, you know, Myra or David Jones and dropping five or 600 bucks on something that they don't really even like, but it was the only thing on the shelf. So I think we came into the industry at a really good time. Um, and yeah, we were lucky. Like there wasn't really anyone doing what we're doing. It's, it must have been pretty cool spot a market like that and be like, all right, it's right. There's, there's an opportunity here. Yeah. There's an opportunity. It's not glamorous. Like I remember when I left my fashion job and I was telling the girls like, oh, I'm going to go and make bed sheets. And everyone's like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've gone from like, you know, finding out what um, the Kardashians were wearing and like, you know, designing all these fancy outfits to like bed sheets. <laughs> um, but crazy. it's fun. You know, we, we say like the premise of the, the brand was to try and merge that feeling of like, wearing a new outfit and getting into bed after a long day in new sheets. <laughs> oh, no better feeling, is it? <laughs> clean sheets, clean, fresh sheets. You do cord sheets too, don't you? Cord, cord, yeah, yeah, we've got um, corduroy this season. So we kind of try and look at um, trends that are in the market and interpret them for the bedroom. So the 70s is a real vibe at the moment, you know, furniture. Yeah, hence our seventies mustaches go. I want the fear, the fear and loathing in Las Vegas type of vibe. You know what I mean? We're, you're waiting for camouflage sheets, aren't you? Yeah, let me in there. <laughs> and, oh, one thing Locke and I were saying earlier today, like I know we sort of mentioned before, but running a business with your bloke. Yeah, what's it, that like? What's it like? Who's the boss? Yeah, that's a good question. I think if you asked us independently, we'd both say that we are. <laughs> um, but he's great. We're lucky that we have exact opposite skill sets. So he does like the finance operations side, which you just couldn't care less about. Um, and then I do like the design brand art direction side and, and he kind of just doesn't understand that. So he kind of leads me to my own thing. So yeah, we're super lucky that we've worked really well together and um, we're able to kind of separate that. But yeah, there, there are times, you know, we'd get into bed at night time and be like, oh, did you send that order? Or like, oh, what do you think about this? And I'm like, no business in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It'd really be hard to turn off, yeah. Yeah, That's but job, so yeah. lucky. Like we both get to do you know what we want to do every day and yeah he's he's just been the best um he's so reliable and he's just supported me all the way through so i couldn't be luckier what a man what a man big andy Big Andy. Eh? Do, you, do you do reviews or anything like that do you do you loop back i know you probably 
in bed every night and just circle back and say what worked, what didn't. But like, do you do any structured reviews or is that part of your routine or anything like that? Like with him and me or with him and the team? Well, just a bit of both maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something we're really trying to implement um, in the business because we've got, um, I guess, more staff now. So we want to kind of make it a bit more of a meaningful place to work. And I think, yeah, reviews are just so important. And I guess one of my big challenges at the moment is um, starting up a business, right? You're, you're so hands-on. You're across all these different things. You're wearing all these different hats. And for the past, like, two years, it's just been like, oh, cool, I'm on a photo shoot, but then I'm packing orders and then, you know, I'm designing the next range. So you're kind of doing all these different things. But where we are at the moment is we're trying to get other people to do all of those things. So it's kind of like I'm giving out all of my hats and now I'm, like, not the, the juggler of hats. I'm making sure everyone's got the right hat and doing the right thing so it's just a complete different challenge now yeah that's a different beast isn't it when you it's different skills you have to adopt in it you have to sort of put the processes out in place and go what have i been doing how do i make this simple for other people to understand and implement i suppose yeah that's tough that's something you're good at isn't it what de delegating delegating yeah <laughs> so hard i it's mean hard. people is just so hard like uh, and especially like because the business has come out of my head like trying to explain to people like hey no i don't like that and this is the direction and like i wouldn't have done it like that but maybe you know next time think about these items like it's it's really hard skill and i, I never set out to be a leader or you know a, a person that's responsible for so many um, roles and, and so many people's careers but yeah it's just something that's come along with the job and I don't take that lightly so that's a huge learning for me over the next you know 12 to 24 months I just want to make it like the best place to work and I really really want to support everyone in doing their jobs. Love that just Love letting that. go letting go is hard isn't it? I don't know how you do it especially if it's your baby. It's your baby yeah. Locke's a control freak. Uh, yeah. We've been trying to get someone to edit this podcast for ages, but I'm like, I just don't know. And I just, I don't know how to put it out on paper. They're the things I need to learn. Locks are, he loves the details, which is good because I'm not as detail orientated, but he like, well, last night we'll put it, we'll pump it together. This guy, we're doing a final cut and he's watching over my shoulder going full stop there, comma, yeah, yeah. And then I'm change like, this, uh, spelling mistake. <laughs> you know, I'm looking over my shoulder. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's different. I mean, like you read, I think you get to a certain point, mate, in a business, like talking to people, they're saying the same thing. It's just different sets of problems and different things you're learning. Like yeah, right now, it seems like, yeah, the delegation and the handover process, that's, you're reading different books than when you first started the Sheet oh, Society. Totally. Yeah. And like the, like, I don't even get to do my job anymore. Like I recently hired a design and production manager and I'm like, oh, that's my jam. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess, you know, <clears throat> my role now in the business is to make my role redundant like I, I need to make sure everyone else is able to do my what I do and yeah it's a really weird thing how is um how has your approach changed is that a people leadership like you said before is that something that you thought you would do uh previously or did you do it in a previous job like how do you approach leading a team of people yeah it's a really tough one I mean I, I've definitely managed teams before but but not from guess a senior level as it will become um but yeah it's something that is really foreign to me and I'm trying to do the best job that I can do but that's definitely a huge <clears throat> part of my upskilling over the next you know 12 to 24 months so yeah I'm working with um an external consultant who can help us um you know build those those leadership skills um so I can filter them down because there's nothing worse than working for a shit boss and I just don't want to be yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. Agree. It is. Um, I think it's, it's one of those things. Your heart's if if you're a people leader and you just have to, if your heart's in the right place and you actually care about the well-being and the development of the people that work for you, it makes life a lot easier. And if you yeah. just say "fuck," I'm learning the rest of the things. I'm gonna get. We're gonna stuff up along the way, but we're gonna get through this together. I think that's a better way to tackle it. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And how, how important is it to you bringing in the right? Uh, the right people into to grow and scale this bu business like did you go through a big process trying to figure out who was actually the right person to bring in yeah definitely so key um and we're doing a really big recruitment drive at the moment we plan to hire i guess i think five people at quite a senior level before the end of the year um so but we're finding with that is the key to finding the right 
people is actually having the best place to work <laughs> because people are so selective of where they spend their time and, and rightly so. Like if we're looking for people, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s, this is like peak career time for them. They want to spend it in a company that like cares about them, that they can grow in. And, and I think it's about attracting those candidates. Like you've got to have a good brand. You've got to have a good business. Like you've got to have good leaders, like a good place to work. So or like we didn't like that wasn't our goal to make sure we had all those things ticked off for this round of hiring but it certainly helped um you know working with the recruiters at the moment you know we're saying you know the sheet society and then they get the brand and they they know that what we're trying to do so yeah that's helped attract the right candidates um sorry lock's dog's gone he, he sits at the front door. He's at the most, we'll send you a photo after this. He sits at this, this nice little armchair at the front window, but he just goes off. If someone's walking past him near the door, he goes nuts, but he loves it. He sits there all day. One of the things that we've talked with a, a few people is around attracting, attracting talent, like attracting the best talent like, like you said before people have got such a plethora of maybe not at the moment with everything's going on there's a lot more people out of work but it makes it even more competitive so if there are a few jobs going and you want the best people to come work for you you've really got to make it the best ideal or the ideal conditions for to attract those people totally the best place to work and then on the other side like once you've got that person you've got to give them the right tools to do their job like you've got to make sure that they're across what our my expectations are and you know what the business growth goals are um and yeah so they can fit in and, and do what they need to do what they need to do best 100 percent. and what's what's next for um she's just you know you get the you got augmented reality, which is a big, cool thing. That's this week. Is that live? Have we timed that really well? Um, I'm hoping it'll go live Wednesday, but with everything, I mean, there's a few glitches to iron out. <laughs> That's cool. So we've timed it well. We got you on the. We got you going to call it a good time. Yeah. And what else is on for 2020? Like, what's the? What's the go? Yeah, what's the go? I know. We've still got so much room to grow in Oz. Like I'd say we're probably at like a 1% market share. And I mean, we turned over 4.4 million last financial year. And I think by the end of this calendar year, we'd be sitting at 10 million. So like the scope is just insane in our category. So right before COVID, we opened um, our first retail store in Abbotsford. Um, so two weeks before the bloody pandemic so that's been a bit of a slow burn but um physical retail was supposed to be you know one of our focuses for the back half of this year so i mean we'll see how it all pans out but i'd love to open a store up in sydney um and then we're looking to take the brand international so i guess with e-commerce businesses there's quite a, an easy way to kind of just bolt on you know international shipping rates and you know get a .co.uk and just kind of start shipping out that way but we really want to make a good go of it so we've had a um, consultant in to do a research project on the state of play of our category in the world um, that looked at okay who's who's playing in our field in America who's doing it in Europe you know what are our competitors and, and you know, where where is the market um, and so that report came back with the UK being really like-minded demographic um, and also no one's doing what we do well over there. So we're gonna go over hopefully next year and set up a warehouse, um, get a storefront, um, get a team happening, um, just so we can you know, grow in a meaningful way over there. Um, so we'll work in the UK, ship to Europe, um, see how that goes. And then, yeah, I mean, probably the US after that, but that's a bloody beast. So bloody exciting. That is, but you haven't even touched, you haven't even touched international, 10 mil you predict. Mate, life's good. Life is good. Yeah. It, I mean, and like I hate talking about revenue being like, it's quite like a money number, but for us, it's like a success number. Like it's, it's, it's such a good gauge of actually, um, you know, after we've shipped out all these orders and worked all this way, like, you know, what is the bottom line here? So yeah, we're so stoked, but I mean, the bottom line is we just want to enjoy it. Like my husband and I just love what we do and we're having another baby um, early next uh, year. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. We're just trying to juggle life and, and work and, and just stay happy. And, yeah. So when, when you take the backward step, when you, when you bring all these other people in in these leadership positions, what do you want to be doing? Just sort of growing the business and 
is it just creative strategy direction that yeah, what, sort of stuff it, yeah what does the, yeah, the role become yeah what does the role I become know, Ash, like um hired myself out of a role yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think you know as a business you always need someone who's sitting right on top and can kind of have that free headspace to actually see what's coming rather than being in the weeds all the time um that can kind of look at it like from above and, and say okay this was my vision here is this working over here and um just have that um like clean slate in your head to really um, nut out what next steps would be. So ideally I'd love to sit at that level, but I mean, that's not to say like, I love getting my hands dirty. I'm down in the store all the time. Like we're down receiving boxes in the warehouse. So yeah, I just want to- Get a couple of photos down in the warehouse, pretending to help out and then you're up, done. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's room in the business for someone who's just there for people as well. Like if, if the marketing team need help, cool. I'll come to the photo shoot and I'll help you guys with whatever you need. So yeah, ideally I'd see my role in that space, but yeah. That's good. And you can be the nice, not the nice person and then just get the, get the managers to come in and tell them off. Do you have any advice or any, like, do you have, have any, I guess one of the things that we like to learn from is we learn, we learn by do, we're doers, we learn by doing, but we also learn by fucking shit up. Like, so we have a lot of stuff ups that we've done. Heaps of stuff ups. Heaps of stuff ups. Have you got any sort of key learnings that you've taken away from your journey that you might want to impart? Yeah, I think just give everything a go. Like, do not be shy to just get in there. Like, you know, I was talking about before, like doing my own Facebook ads. Like, God, wasted so much cash on some really wrong decisions, but learned from them and like really understood why they didn't work and and what I could do next time. So definitely just give it a go. Like, and and a calculated go to. I'm not saying, you know, just (laughs) throw cash. Oh, everything. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be in it to win it, really. And, and if you're passionate about something and you really see that it's going to work, yeah, follow your dreams. 100%. I think that passion thing is, is such a big, is such important. If you don't want to do it... You've got to be curious. That's the thing, don't you? You've got to be curious and interested. Find stuff that you're interested in and just have a crack. Totally, yes. Because um, it's like all the stuff that you learn, and even if you don't end up using it later on, it could be a little thing that you learned and going, oh, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah. I can apply that back. I can in. apply that back, yeah. Yeah. And what about you personally, um, learning routine, like you're obviously pretty curious and interested in learning. Like you said, you're goal, you're ambitious, but what, what does your routine look like and who do you learn from? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, my routine's completely changed from when I started the business um, because I've got a one-year-old and I'm having another kid next year. So, I mean, juggling mum life with work life is just a whole new ball game, really. Um, but I think I've got a really close network of people who have um, e-commerce businesses, and that's so important to me to be able to check in on them and to call them and say, hey, I've got a problem, and just be completely transparent with you know exactly any insights into your business for them to help out. So I think having that solid network of people who've been in my life the whole time that I've had the business has been so valuable. And there's such a cool community out there of e-commerce business owners that are just more than happy to share information and what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. And I find learning from meaningful relationships like that much more important than kind of going to those networking people networking things and just like having surface level conversations with everyone and like those those meets meetups are just fantastic like you can meet a really breadth of people but um yeah like following up with people that you meet and and catching up with them regularly and you know sometimes their problems you've solved and and vice versa so i think yeah having really meaningful networking conversations is where i get the most knowledge mm-hmm meaningful connections funny that is very funny it's ironic yeah that's our number one thing we put in our linkedin guide is you need to have meaningful (laughs) connections and just like you said follow up show an interest and give something before you get something you know and just yeah Yeah, people are so generous with their time and like i love sharing things too like if i can tell anyone something that makes their life easier i'm stoked on that i probably feel better than they do a thousand percent that's the secret wasn't the science of giving what's the science of giving when they say you get um you get the hit of dopamine or something if you actually feel good if you give rather than I don't know. I do stuff. like receiving presents though. They're good too. Yeah. I do get a hit of dopamine. 
Yeah. It is true though. Both are good. You still, <laughs> you still sleep at your mum's house on Christmas Eve. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it is true though. Santa's, Santa's real. <laughs> um, oh, oh, that made me laugh. Are you, are you reading any books at the moment? Are you reading or learning anything cool at the moment? Well, I listened to your chat with um, Erica, and so I've recently bought The Hard Thing About Hard Things, because she yes. that. Yes. Um, I haven't tucked into that yet, but that's next on my list. I think about hard things, yep. We've got the, I've got the e-book. I downloaded that, so I've got to give that a crack as well. I actually don't have anything on my shelf at the moment that I'm reading. I know that sounds terrible, but I just, I found it hard to juggle time to sit down and allocate time to like learning. Mm. And I know that's something I preach all the time, but when you're in this mode of like trying to juggle this and like we work, we got our normal jobs that we do and do this podcast on the side. Like I'm trying to, I don't know how you do it being a mom and we're trying to juggle, grow a business. It must be hard to try and find time to sit down and just like, all right, today I'm going to read a book because I need to learn something. Yeah. And I think you need to be in the right headspace to consume learnable content too. Yeah. Um, like at the moment I'm just reading like fluffy novels, like mm. Uh, and and that's what I need at the moment. Like that's Good what's job. filling my cup. Um, but certainly, like when I'm ready, I'll pick up this book and and it'll mean something to me. But yeah, I think especially during COVID, like we're just doing what we can to get through and and keep our sanity. So um, yeah, it's important to also learn, but also know when to switch off and and to you know consume that content that just makes you feel good you don't have to be on and learning all the time I feel guilty for not doing anything when you're like well hang on i'm allowed to watch narcos if i want you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah if that puts you in a better headspace for tomorrow morning for you to wake up and smash it knowing that you've chilled out yeah. that's a good way to look at it a better headspace because sometimes i'll be doing that and i'll be like oh i should be doing this you know and it's like well hang on you need to watch tv bro right you know just chill out what do you do to recharge? We've talked to a few people about the importance of like mindfulness activities or what that maybe they've got meditation practices or they've just got things that exercises, exercise is a big one, fun activities, what things that give them energy, not take away energy from them. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky. I've got the cutest little one year old in my life that if I've had a shit day, as soon as I walk in the door and he comes yeah. and cuddles me, like that's just, I mean, I just forget every one of my problems. So that's just been a huge one, filling my cup and like taking for a walk and like, you know, he's got his little scooter that he's ragging around on. So that just fills my cup beyond words. That's cute. Just have a kid. Have a kid. Yeah. Have a kid. There you go. Read a book, have a kid. <laughs> Read a book and have a kid. Don't say that too. Read long. a book on having a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's been good. It's been good. Um, What's on for us today? We're out of. I think that's question-wise. We've covered our big topics. We wanted to touch on. Do yes. you have anything else you wanted to touch on? No. If you wanted to pump up the sheet society, and, or or no, we've already sort we've of pumped no, them up. Yeah, we've pumped, yeah, you pumped it. Wow. We pumped it. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've learned so much, honestly, because some of the stuff that you were raising, especially with the digital marketing and stuff like that, they're, they're all things that we preach and learning by doing and just having a crack and putting yourself out there. Um, and especially when you're saying, when you just, you, I, you spoke about what I wanted to actually touch on was you made, you made your product more talk aboutable. So is that the extra feature? That's the other stuff that the word of mouth stuff. How important is that? Yeah, so important. I mean, I was going down this marketing black hole of like, okay, you need to do 17 different copy variations and you need to A, B, test them all against each other. And, and I was like, oh God, this is, I need to do all this testing and that's how I'm going to win at this digital marketing thing. And I was like, hang on, if I just have better things to say, then this A, B testing is just useless. So yeah, it's kind of like using, being aware of that digital marketing piece right at the beginning you know okay i'm going to design this thing because i can see that an ad would look awesome with a person undoing the zipper or so it's having that like end-to-end -end understanding of like okay how does this all work together yeah not building it as you sort of have the idea and go all right let's how are we going to do that it's more like hang on let's have all these options because the end game is that you know yeah, what I mean? this is how we think like about handing it off to a marketing team going here that's the product you do your thing and make it because it's yours isn't it you know what i mean it's especially in the early days you know what i mean maybe in a year's time when you're sipping mojitos and, and chilling out that's <laughs> uh, what like digital marketing is one of those things you can, you can go down a rabbit hole it's so easy to go down a rabbit hole and be like if i'm trying to do my own business i'm either not doing enough or yeah. i'm doing too little like but 
other, one of the things I reckon that, that Locke and I are pretty passionate about at the moment is that you can be really spammy and companies can be like that. It can be too much. Yeah. And it, it, you can, which then impacts your customer experience. Totally. So if your customer's experience is you want to delight them and make them love you, if you jam things down their throat, they're probably not going to, they're not going to resonate as well. No. And I think that's why we implemented like marketing funnels. So, you know, we show them like a really cool campaign video at the start and it's, it's not selling them anything. It's just being like, cool, like this is us. And then, you know, we make sure they don't see that again and they see something else. Yeah. And so they kind of come down through the funnel until you've watched a few of our videos. You've seen one about me talking about the fabric. You've seen a campaign one. You've seen a girl undoing the zipper. You've seen a few styling ones, but then, okay, come to our website now. And then, once you're on the website, it's like, okay, cool. You looked at this specific thing. Why don't you check out now? <laughs> so it's not spammy, but you've kind of hit them maybe 12 times with different content. Um, yeah. But it doesn't feel spammy. Like if anything, the user feels like they've got a better understanding of your brand and is more across the product. Um, and that's more valuable to them. You know, they haven't had to go digging on your website to say, okay, what does the brand stand for? What's the fabric about? What are the key features? You've kind of just like peppered them through their mm. news feed or their Instagram feed. Um, and they've got a good understanding of you. So it's about being smart about that too and having good engaging content. It's also a smarter way for you personally in the business because you know, otherwise you're wasting your money on these Facebook ads or Instagram ads, giving it to people who they're not in the right stage of awareness or they're not, they're not in consideration mode to buy. They're not ready to take action. Otherwise yeah. you just, that's the, I guess the, we get some questions asked around like Facebook ads and things like we're not doing anything at the moment. We know we should but we're trying to get our foundations right with like one, the product being us. Mm. <laughs> Are we good? Are we comfortable? Can we get enough episodes out the door? But we know that's the thing that we're going to have to do next to really help try and push and grow the amount of listeners that we have. But yeah, I don't know. Facebook ads. Mm. They're interesting. They're interesting. Double yeah, down. If you've got the cash, take out a loan, double down, <laughs> cost per click. Isn't it? Put your credit card on the ad account and just go. Credit card. If yeah, there's yeah. ever a time to take a risk, it's now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with us. It's oh, been so right. nice to meet you. Yeah, you guys too. Thank you. I just bloody love what you're doing. It's so refreshing. Oh, thanks. We love we love compliments. It's good. We do like compliments. <laughs> we do yeah. like compliments. No, it's been, it's been bloody unreal having a chat with you um, mm -hmm. and learning about the Sheeta side. I mean, you guys are doing some killer things. We can't wait to see um, how it all unfolds for you in the upcoming couple of months and, and the rest of the year. Um, I'm pumped yeah, to see the augmented reality. Yeah, I'm pumped. We can't wait to ch check that out and stuff that out. Tars is going to love that. Tars will love that. Yeah, Tars will love that. <laughs> and don't forget, this episode has been brought to you by Locks Guide to LinkedIn. You can find this guide in all the links provided. Oh, you sounded like a chatbot then. You'd be a good chatbot. Hello, and welcome to the Funny yeah. Business Podcast. I don't know why you have that American-like tinge to the end, but I don't mind it. But yeah, oh. definitely get the learning. Get the learning. Get the guide. Get the guide. Go get it. Get the guide. Get the guide. Get the guide. Get the guide. Hashtag get the guide. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Even if it's shit, it's free. So just shut up. It's all right. You know what I mean? All right, what are you complaining about? Well, it's free. No, one's, no one's complained yet, but I'm just saying, if people do complain, it's like it's free. We've heard good things, though, we? Good things. Huh? What's that? We've heard good things, haven't we? We've heard great things. Oh well, of course, close friends and family are going to support you, but you, we really want to know from the strangers. You know what I mean? Like, if you haven't met us, just give us give us the honest truth. If we suck, let us know. But if if you you were listening to this and you've already got it, um, send us in your feedback because we'd like to know what more you'd like to know. Because we can't create the next thing until you tell us what you want. Ooh, I like that. Plus, you can just do the work for us. You know what I mean? Tell us what you, what you need and what you want and we can go digging. You know what I mean? I love digging. Do you? You never fucking do a hard days working your life. Not, not, not physical digging. Nothing. <laughs> these keyboard hands. These keep, there's no calluses on these bad boys. I'm just, these, are, these were born for the office. <laughs> All right. See you next episode. Yeah, we'll see you.